0: Although I'm a doctor by profession, I'm not your doctor. All content and information on this podcast and on our website is for informational and educational purposes and does not constitute a medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by use of our site. Although we strive to present accurate information, the podcast and website are not a substitute for your healthcare provider. Always consult a healthcare professional who knows your particular needs and circumstances before making any health-related decisions.
1: Also, there are curse words that are unedited and graphic descriptions of bodies, bodily fluid, and other real-life scenarios that might make some listeners uncomfortable. So suck it up. Mm.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Podcast. I'm Dr. Suzanne. What's our topic of the day, Suzanne? Crime
1: scene periods. Crime scene periods. Crime scene (laughs) periods. (laughs) If you are in this phase of life, you know what I'm talking about. The jumbo plus plus size tampon and accompanying pad that lasts for mm, about an hour before you've gone through both of them. You know, you sit down for a minute. When you get up, it's that, oh, shit feeling squeeze your legs together, crab walk to the bathroom, hoping to God it's not everywhere, period. You know the one. Right. You know, you do I that haven't whole... seen
0: you crab walk to the bathroom yet, but I'm interested <laughs> in it.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a it's a sight to behold, believe me. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of sit up in bed to keep it all contained because I don't care if that pad comes halfway up your back, it's going to find a way to leak. You know, you're hugging that heating pad like a life preserver mm-hmm. in the ocean. Eating painkillers like Tic Tacs. Am I close? Have you heard these symptoms before from any of your
0: patients? Yes! I remember that. I remember... Being in the clinic, and I remember asking my nurse to check my seat after each patient to make sure that I hadn't leaked through, because uh, I know, I, re- I was had that Super Plus tampon and a big, huge, the biggest ta- pad I could find. The bale of cotton pad. Exactly. <laughs> Black pants were my best friends during that time of the month. Right?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. You probably know your period. You've been only having them for like, what, last 30 years or something? So they start on a certain day goes however long it goes and then it ends see you next month right yeah until you get to perimenopausal land (laughs) this time missed periods irregular periods they can come every two months then all of a sudden you are bleeding like you've been stabbed and oh god let's can we even talk about the blood clots it's like puberty all over again you don't even have any idea where your body's gonna
0: go next Suzanne, what right. the hell is going on? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I mean, women are so uh, so surprised when I tell them, you know what? You might actually have periods that are closer together. In fact, that's very common. They might last two weeks. It's almost like you're bleeding all the time. I mean, it's, menopause is supposed to be about stopping periods, right? right? Exactly. Right. Two I know. So Knock it off. Right. I know. What's going on? What in the world is going on? Remember that a, at birth, a woman has a finite number of eggs. Or, so as a girl, you have a finite a finite number of eggs in your ovaries. So this is predetermined by your genetics and possibly conditions in utero. And as a woman ages, so do her ovaries until the final egg is released about age 51, give or take five years. <laughs> five years, so five years on either side. The youngest I've ever seen is uh, 35 uh, for menopause. And the oldest I've seen is 58 for menopause. So there's a wide range. You can be going through it at a, you know, a whole bunch of different So the ages. jackpot can so hit eight, at any
1: time is what I hear you saying.
0: <laughs> any time. So if you're between the ages of 35 and 60, maybe your symptoms are related to menopause or perimenopause. Okay.
1: Yeah. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. So, so a else? little more
0: biology for you. The aging process causes the corpus luteum around the corpus egg. Corpus luteum, to from, describe. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's the little tissue around the egg that secretes progesterone. So it gets less efficient at making hormones. So less progesterone, uh, particularly during the last half of your cycle, people, that hormone is really important for sleeping. So a lot of women will have sleep disturbances in their 40s women are surprised to learn as they get closer to menopause that they may experience those heavy periods and trouble with sleeping. Does this sound familiar? So familiar. Uh, They also might have just irregular periods or you just might miss a period. Uh, So maybe just have them once every other month or every three months. Lots of things that can happen as your ovaries get older and you might not always be releasing an egg. So there's also medical conditions that can do that too. Well, but hold
1: on. So why heavy?
0: I mean- uh, The egg, so what I hear
1: you saying is little egg doesn't have as many hormones surrounding it. And so you, you're going, yeah. everything is going sideways. Okay. So why heavy? Though? Right. I mean, what? Okay.
0: <laughs> there's two, there's two basic types of things that could be happening. The biology of your uterus might be different. Like you might have a fibroid making it bigger, or if your uterus is bigger from having b- babies uh, so the biology of it, the structure of the uterus might be different as you get older. The other thing is hormonal. That's more likely. And you get this trouble with the ratio of estrogen and progesterone, which has to be in sync in order for your uterine lining to be stable. Does that so help? my uh, So my uterine a line, lot of biology. My uterine <laughs> lining is unstable. And that is why I,
1: yeah, that's why I'm bleeding, exactly. I'm bleeding out every month. <laughs>
0: Right, so you're making estrogen, but you're not making enough progesterone. Okay. Uh, at the your corpus luteum isn't working. So sometimes for the some women, we'll just add progesterone, uh, and that will help. Okay. Okay. Or you can undergo a surgical procedure, and we'll talk about all those sorts of things as we get into the podcast. And like I said, there's some medical conditions that are not related to your uterus and ovaries, like. Uh, thyroid issues you could have endometrial cancer your physician really needs to rule out some things with an ultrasound or biopsy perhaps depending on what's happening with this constellation of issues (laughs) constellation Um, of issues yes (laughs) right is that a medical term a constellation of issues (laughs) oh no it's it's astrological.
1: (laughs) See, I knew it all along. There's no
0: science here. It's all astrology. (laughs) Right. But we have to have a lot of information. We need a lot of tests in order to try to rule out what it might be. And then we can recommend treatments based on what we found. Okay. We talked
1: about the gushingly heavy periods and it's because my uterus is out of balance. Okay. Talk. Can we even talk about the whole clot thing? I literally thought Mm -hmm. my uterus fell out
0: one day and, (laughs) Oh, Right. I mean, women, it's like when you're kind of that first day of your period, typically for women, you know, most of the times that you're having cycles from your 20s until your 50s, you might have that heavy day one day where you have little tiny clots. Yeah. Uh, You might see those on your pad, might feel them coming out, feels like a little cramp. But it's true that because of these hormonal imbalances, you might get a ton of bleeding. It's kind of like a trickle or stream coming from your uterus. And or it just pools at the back of your vagina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a faucet, like, <laughs> gosh. And when it pools at the back of your vagina, it will form a clot, just like it does when you have a cut on your arm. And they can get pretty darn big. I mean, some women will get a couple centimeter clot, uh, and it does feel like what the heck is that is that tissue is that the inside of my uterus should i save it and give it to the doctor <laughs> what do i do <laughs> okay something tells me that somebody has brought a clot into
1: you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah right exactly okay. okay yeah and you know it dep- so it's nice to know that hey this could be happening and i don't i'm not losing my uterus is not falling out i don't have cancer okay. Absolutely. So we're going to be focusing today on those problematic periods and treatments that we'll address. But there might be uh, additional treatment options that will address symptoms. So we've got lot. You've got lots of options. You don't have to deal with this. Uh, Sometimes we'll use hormones uh, to help with those periods, and then they might help additional symptoms having. Like you might be also having trouble with sleep issues or moodiness when you get that really bad period does that sound familiar why
1: would having to run to the bathroom every hour and change my clothes constantly cause (laughs) any sort of moodiness i it makes me happy i just i (laughs) if i wasn't crab walking to the bathroom i'd be skipping okay that's it's kind of happiness and joy we're talking about
0: (laughs) (laughs) i just remember for me like i maybe i you know i was having heavy periods but also, my mood was horrible. Okay. I remember there was nothing that my husband could say that, that would make me happy. I would, I would snap back at him every single time. So my mood was horrible and my sleep would get really bad during that time, and I'd feel anxious for no reason. So that could be mostly because of the changes in hormones uh, in addition to the periods. And if we start we might, that's why we might choose to use a hormonal option for those women because we'd be helping two symptoms, heavy periods and also the moodiness. So by the end of this podcast, we will most likely have discussed many of the most common symptoms of menopause. And this is just one of them. So it's important because there's so many different treatment options. When a listener goes to their provider, make sure that you make a whole list of your symptoms so that you can get a tailored approach to your heavy periods. All right,
1: so let's just, let's put a pin in that whole, what what can we do about a heavy period? We've got these crazy heavy periods. This is freaking me out and I don't like it. So I come to my healthcare provider and they're going to do a thyroid test and an ultrasound first before I get a hormone. What what can I expect?
0: Yeah, Exactly. So if you, if it's, uh, we definitely want to do blood work. So that would include thyroid, might also include iron studies, checking to see if you're getting anemic from these periods. Uh, Which by the way happened. Uh, So that
1: was a fun story. So I went, I'm a blood donator. And so I went to the blood mobile to give blood and I couldn't pass. (laughs) I I, I couldn't pass my iron test. They're like, oh honey, your iron's low. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm a meat eater. I, got, I am iron woman. And they're like, mm, no. So I was turned down several yeah. times and started taking iron supplements. Right. It was crazy. Then again, you know, when you lose half of your weight in blood
0: every month. Exactly. I mean, you, it's like a, it's like, it's, it's, if you had a gunshot wound, uh, I mean, you're bleeding. That's real blood that you're losing and it might cause you to have anemia. Uh, and we've, I've definitely treated patients who even needed, transfusion because they got so anemic i know it's absolutely true and that you know symptoms of anemia might be that you're fatigued that you have body aches um shortness of breath so it's it's an important thing to address Um, all right so we'll do the we'll do the blood test so we'll look for thyroid we'll look for anemia we'll make sure that you don't have anything like diabetes Usually, that doesn't cause changes in periods, but it can cause some of the other symptoms associated with menopause, like fatigue. Uh, we'll also do an ultrasound. Just to warn you, the ultrasound typically is a vaginal ultrasound, so different from your OB ultrasound, but like what you might have had in the first trimester of yeah. pregnancy. Yeah. Oh, that was a pleasure. Yeah, I remember that Right. One. Remember, they put a condom on that sucker, lube it up really good. It's lots of fun to get a vaginal ultrasound in front of a a whole um, audience of people. You know, I thought I had buried that memory, Suzanne.
1: I I really thought that that, (laughs) that I was going to be done with that. Exactly. Thanks for bringing it back and reminding
0: me it could happen
1: again. So, just you're everything to me.
0: Well, the reason we have to do that is that so we can get up real close to that lining of the uterus and see does it how many millimeters is that lining. Because if it's, uh, if it's 5 millimeters, and that's okay. If it's 10 millimeters, that's borderline. If it's 20 millimeters or more, that might mean that we need to be looking for a cancer or tumor or maybe an endometrial polyp that might be causing those heavy periods. So it's really important to opt for the, the transvaginal ultrasound, which is the one that gets the detailed pictures. And, and so usually once we get those two um, pieces of information, we can do, we can dig a little deeper. Some physicians will elect to do hormones right away. If you're still having periods, they have to be done on a certain time of the month. So because your hormones normally fluctuate throughout your cycle, so it's, if you're still having periods, we definitely have to check it on day twenty of your cycle. And those hormones can give us a, a hint. Are you are you a little closer to menopause? Is your progesterone level low? Is your estrogen level low? Do you have a thyroid issue? And then we if the hormones are out of whack, we can consider using those for some of your treatment.
1: Okay. So there are options, but I have to do some work in advance, right? I gotta get some blood work. I have to have a transvaginal ultrasound
0: (laughs) exactly so when you go to see your, you want to make an appointment with your physician so that they can help understand why you want these tests done they may also do a physical exam at that time to look at your cervix and they can check using their hands a bimanual exam just to see if they can feel uh, uterine fibroid for instance Uh, make sure your pap smear is up to date you'll want to see your provider and then those tests will be come from that visit and then probably you'll need to follow up with that provider too in order to discuss what what are the next steps and do you have some other medical issue like like thyroid which is a which is a hormonal issue related to the thyroid gland but it can cause really heavy periods too and sometimes that's the the heavy periods are the first sign that a, or a symptom a woman will have before they know they have menopause.
1: Okay. So let me just back up for just a second, because I think this is really important. I think a lot of healthcare providers are not going to suggest all of these, um, you know, the, the blood panel and the ultrasound and all of that stuff. So I assume that you have to be an advocate for your own care and ask for these things because, I'm not going to lie. I was never offered any of these things, you know, it was, mm-hmm. and uh, we went mm-hmm. through the, we went through the whole series of all of the symptoms that I had and my female physician who was my age pretty much said, suck it up. Wow. Yeah, fun. And so again, for anybody who's listening, this is not an automatic. This is not something that your doctor is going to do because you're at a certain age or you come in saying, I have heavy periods. Mm-hmm. Make a list, advocate for yourself.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And the other thing I would say, too, is that not every physician is trained for women's health or does pap smears or pelvic exams regularly. It's especially important to see someone who is a family practitioner who does women's health or a gynecologist, and gynecologist means that you specialize in the uterus and ovaries. Um versus an uh, internal medicine doctor who doesn't really do any kind of uh, women's health treatments and evaluation. So starting in the right spot will be helpful. And if you are seeing an internal medicine doctor or general practitioner and you get told to suck it up, then definitely seek out someone who has a reputation uh, for being a women's health specialist and maybe even check out their reviews to make sure that that's that's something that they do. All right,
1: navigating the uh, healthcare system—what a joy!
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's
1: probably why people mm-hmm. get lots exactly. of attention around this, right?
0: <laughs> right, and you know, maybe you're just one of those people. Who's like, well, I'm just going to suck it up. I, you know, I know it's probably perimenopause. I don't can't don't want to pay my copay or haven't met my met my. Or I don't have insurance. I think I or I don't have insurance, exactly. But there are times when you really need to seek medical care, like I was talking about. You know, if you're, you know, and, and it's probably more important for you to go ahead and, and bite the bullet. If you're having symptoms that are, are really affecting your quality of life, you're not able to work, you're not able to care for your family, then really it's time to start to navigate that healthcare system and especially somebody who's schooled on women's health. So if you're having those heavy periods with large clots and they're painful and you're having a lot of issues with anemia, then you'd want to make sure that you don't need a blood transfusion because anemia can affect your heart, it can affect your muscles, uh, and you'd function so much better if you didn't have that anemia. If you're having other symptoms, like I was saying, that constellation of symptoms, you know, when we're <laughs> <Constable>. <laughs> like sleep issues, maybe hot flashes, maybe mental fogginess and joint pain. Oh, hair loss, a big one in menopause for a lot of women. Maybe mood issues, you know, you're feeling depressed and anxious. You know, you've been given that antidepressant. Then it's a good idea to seek a provider. Hey, Suzanne. Don't you think it would
1: be a good idea if we would do a series for each one of those symptoms that you just rattled off?
0: Ooh, that's a great idea. We will idea. be doing episodes on about all, all of
1: these things. <laughs> so don't think that we're just talking yes. about one right now. Today we're focusing on heavy periods. Down the road, everything she just rattled off, we're gonna talk about.
0: Yeah, exactly. Better, that's right. Is sexy. Because. Right. Exactly. And you might not have one or two of these symptoms. You might might have all of the symptoms, but it's going to be something that we're going to take a deeper dive. Yep. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. So
1: what I hear you saying then is you should definitely talk to somebody if it's impacting the quality of your life. They're going to do some blood work. They're going to do an ultrasound. They're going to check during, they may immediately prescribe some Hormones for you, or they may have to wait so that they can do more tests later, or they can be like, no, everything looks fine, right? And so any of those are possibilities. Right. Let's talk about some treatment options then. So you mentioned hormones. So do you want to dig into that a little bit?
0: Sure, you bet. If you're having those heavy periods and you decide to choose hormones, one of the one of the things that we'll usually recommend there is a birth control pills. Because typically they're covered by insurance. Uh, they're very good for making periods lighter. They can actually help with some of the symptoms of perimenopause, like that. So there's a trouble with sleep, um, sometimes mood as well. So, a lot of times w- uh, women will be offered birth control pills, which seems kind of. Just yeah, when you thought you were done with that, you're back. back. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, there is a little possibility that you could get pregnant during this time Shut because up. you're still occasionally making eggs and you still, I mean, what the kind of the most shocking story I heard was a woman whose youngest had just graduated from high school and that year she got pregnant. <laughs> That's just not what you want to do. So having birth control on board until you go through full menopause and stop making eggs completely. And it generally, if you're still having periods, you might still, there's a potential for be make, to be making an egg. So with a birth control pill, you get that extra benefit of no worries about uh, getting pregnant. Another option is having an IUD placed. So an IUD with hormones. And that's generally called the Marina IUD or the Skyla IUD. The, that progesterone that's in that in the IUD uh, will help stop periods for a lot of women. That seems to be part of how it works. Too. And how long is that good for as, as contraception? So I get that
1: IUD. But... And it's
0: good for about five to seven years. Uh, the Skyla is only three years. The Marina is five to seven years. So. Wow. You could ride that uh, yeah, whole thing so, out with so an IUD. Nice. Exactly. So you could be 45. You'd know that probably you go through menopause about 50, 52. So if you put that IUD in, you might stop having periods completely for that next seven years. And then you're, you know, then you're, you're set with those crime scene periods <laughs> being gone from your life. Oh my God.
1: Oh my <laughs> God. It's like a dream come true. How come I didn't know these mm-hmm. things? All right. But at the, the Exactly. any other any other frontline
0: um, immediate go-to options that that you can imagine that people would be uh, recommended to them? Yeah, so there's a there's a wonderful non-hormonal option that I mentioned I think in my first and the in our intro that I had had done for heavy periods, which is called an ablation. And that's where you the lining of your uterus, it's a surgical procedure, an outpatient procedure you're usually put under for it. And usually insurance doesn't allow you to do it until you've failed hormonal option like a birth control pill or an IUD. And if that, so if that's the case, then you can opt to have this procedure really short, takes about 30 minutes, uh, and the ablation actually will be where they freeze the lining of your uterus, essentially killing off the lining of your uterus so that you stop having periods completely. But you could still Usually be in right menopause. Um, you could still go through menopause later, <laughs> as I did. But you're not going to have crime scene
1: periods. So again, that's what we're focusing but no on today. Crime scene so, period. all right,
0: exactly. So a surgical
1: right. option, but you got to fail options one and two first.
0: <laughs> right. If for insurance, yeah, purposes, which you want probably want because surgery can be expensive. All right. Okay. Anything else? Well, there are some women who try doing the ablation, and after a few years, uh, the effects of the ablation start to wear off. They start having periods again, Uh, and in that case, there's a small percentage of women who actually have to have a hysterectomy because they have such heavy periods that just aren't going away. So, so that, that generally tends to be people who have big fibroids and fibroids can get really big, like 20 centimeters, almost. In fact, when we're measuring, uh, well, uh, relate it to, uh, weeks gestation as if you're pregnant. So yeah, right. So we'll say, oh, she has a 10 week size uterus or she has an 18 week oh size God. uterus and, And sometimes the fibroids can actually press on other organs like your kidneys and cause issues with blood pressure. So those women really need to have a surgery to remove the uterus. So do
1: fibroids, but if you have fibroids, you don't usually get them when you start perimenopause. You probably know if you've had fibroids. Is that a thing that you've struggled with like most of your life? Yeah,
0: typically... Right. Uh, they kind of develop over time slowly. So, mm. and, and what's unfortunate is that the symptom is heavy periods. You might have had heavier periods, but never really told it was five, there were fibroids. They start pretty small, like they can be a half centimeter or a centimeter, you know, the width of your thumb. And maybe they, they weren't picked up on a uh, manual exam, which is when the, when the physician feels your uterus. So there's, there's a, there's a possibility that you might not have ever have known that you have fibroids until somebody does an ultrasound or goes in for the hysterectomy or the ablation. Wow. Okay. Yay, yeah. fibroids.
1: Okay. So let yeah. talk talk <laughs> to me about like, look, I'm, I know there are, there are certainly a contingent of women out there who are just like, no hormones. I want natural remedies. I want to take herbs or whatever is there an Mm -hmm. option for people who don't want to depend on modern pharmacological care
0: right yeah absolutely i mean certainly if you have a a symptom if you're if this is a symptom of something else like your uh low thyroid then we would need to give you the thyroid medicine For other kind of alternative therapies like herbal therapies, sometimes we can use kind of a cyclical treatment with um, flaxseed oil and evening primrose oil. Evening primrose oil is a natural progesterone. So that's something that can also help periods. We can also use progesterone micronized. It's a, it can be compounded for a woman and in different strengths but there's a prescription form of progesterone as well and for some of those women i'll actually check their progesterone level on day 20 of their cycle and will advocate for just taking progesterone all the time and that might lessen periods as well so there there is that it's still a hormonal option and acupuncture can sometimes be a, a, an option for women who ha- are having trouble with heavy periods, too. Acupuncture. Acupuncture solves everything, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I love acupuncture. It- so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. It's a pretty amazing. Uh, I was trained in acupuncture, and it's, it's kind of a whole nother paradigm uh, in order to try to treat the symptoms that a person might be having, and it and it seems to work a percentage of women to help with periods and it that but we and especially good for helping with things like sleep and moodiness joint pain uh but it might actually help with periods as well you know
1: 3000 years of chinese medicine they must have learned something along the way so Definitely, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Anything else that we didn't talk about? So we've got some medical options. We've got some hormonal options. We've got some non-hormonal options. We've got some surgical options. I think the takeaway here is options.
0: And the other thing is, if you are not getting the answer that you from that you need from your provider, then remember that there's always another layer of providers that really specialize in women's health that you can see too. If you're having periods that are very heavy, and that's defined by more than a pad an hour, then, or really large clots greater than one centimeter. Wait a minute. Greater than one centimeter? One centimeter. One centimeter? Yeah, like the size of your thumbnail. The
1: size of, larger (laughs) than that? I should say. (laughs) I <laughs> should
0: have found medical help a long time ago. No, no, no. We're we talking about? Like? Exactly. It's amazing that you went through that with just being told to suck it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, and you you just go like, and then of course you go online, which is the most dangerous thing ever because you go to WebMD and you will be dying, you know, or you know, you mm-hmm. have cancer. And I understand that that is certainly a possibility, but for most people, I don't know, it just seems like the internet's such a scary place because... They give you every symptom possible, and you're already up your ladder about it, so you're checking every box. Yep, that's me, that's me, that's Mm me.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's terrible. Yeah, so to summarize, I mean, if your periods are interrupting your quality of life, if they're maybe making you anemic, then it is definitely time to seek different options and making sure that you're with a provider that you trust, that seems knowledgeable, that's offering some of these tests that we talked about in this podcast. Uh, that's going to be somebody who's advocating for you and can give you different options. And you might have ultrasounds. You might need an endometrial biopsy, especially if the lining of your uterus is, is thick, That uh, procedure that they can do in the office, uh, without you being sedated, so you don't need any kind of anesthesia. It is a little painful, uh, but it gets a sampling of the endometrial lining, which is that lining of the uterus, to make sure that you don't have endometrial cancer. They can sometimes also check the status of your hormones in the lining of your uterus that way too, so it can give you two. A two for a two for (laughs) one. A two for I don't one. Have cancer, yes. What's my hormone level? Woo! Right, and you want to make sure that your cervix is okay, that your Pap smear is up to date, that you don't have a cervical polyp. That's another delightful oh kind of thing that can happen. You can get nasal polyps, and you can get, you know, colon polyps. Maybe be afraid of have. those. You could also get a cervical polyp, and it just is exactly what it sounds like. This little tissue ball on the end of a stalk that just hangs from the cervix and that actually can bleed quite a bit too and is easily removed in the office so there are some things we can do in the office and uh which might you might avoid surgery like a hysterectomy so don't be afraid to see your provider thinking that's what you're going to end up with we have a lot more options these days than we used to do maybe 20 years ago when maybe all of our moms were going through it (laughs) so so don't be afraid to see your provider and get evaluated We want to rule out that there's not a cancer or tumor of course but we also want to be able to give you options so that you can get your life back because having periods that are gushing through your pants and uh, and needing to go to the bathroom every hour that that's no way to to, to run a, to be in a medical office or in a meeting or or picking up your kid from school, you don't want to have to worry about those It's not, and
1: you know, so many women are just too embarrassed to voice their concern. You know, they're worried. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you gonna do, tell your 30-year-old male boss that you're having perimenopausal heavy periods? I swear to God, their heads would just explode, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And and you don't want to be that person, but you know, I was reading recently in places like Spain, um, they've actually passed paid menstrual leave, for for those with incapacitating Mm. pain it gives me some hope and confidence that the tide is turning for for women Mm -hmm. to be able to express themselves to be able to talk freely and and it doesn't have to be this thing that is judged or you know that we're so uncomfortable about that we can't even talk about it which is just crazy
0: right yeah, and I think some of that is because women are getting to be in more management positions, they're CEOs, uh, and you know, so they're changing the the environment of the of the kind of the office or corporate world a little bit, and and understanding that maybe you know this is a true medical condition when it gets to this point, it's not just a regular period, and it needs to be addressed, and it can affect your quality of life, and once you get it treated, you're back to being your your productive self again. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's it's good for that corporation to take care of their, their workers.
1: One of the things that you had said earlier, and I want to go back to that, is that you said that I need to find, or if, if my primary care physician or if I have an internal medicine doctor, they may not be as versed on this, on some of these things that we're discussing today. Mm -hmm. How do I go about finding somebody who is a specialist in women's health? Do they have to be a a gynecologist? Talk about that.
0: It's interesting because it's a very good question because uh, usually you think of your gynecologist as being the next step and probably that's the truth. They're going to be very good and versed in making sure that you don't have a a structural problem because most of them can do an ultrasound in their office. Uh, and they can also do the endometrial biopsy in the office, which is another way to rule out cancer. So generally seeing a gynecologist is in the picture for a lot of women with heavy periods. They also allow for that option of a hysterectomy down the line as a last resort if you need it. And once you've established with the gynecologist, then you have that person in case all your other option, treatment options fail. Other people that are useful, other practitioners. Would be a nurse practitioners or PAs who specialize in women's health. You you might even find that they're more likely to run hormonal panels or be versed in bioidentical hormone therapies. You might seek out a women's health specialist that's a provider, not an MD. Do they have any? Do they have uh, any criteria
1: or letters behind their name? Because that's how fancy I am. Do you have any letters behind your name? <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> They may just have NP behind their name, nurse practitioner, one of the most talented, one of the very talented women uh, in our town who does women's health and hormone related issues, bioidentical hormones, is an is a NP. We also, so nurse practitioner. We also have uh, naturopathic physicians here in town who does bioidentical hormone therapy and then also herbal therapy treatments. Bottom line is, if you're not getting the treatment options or relief from your gynecologist moving on to a PA, a naturopath, maybe a family practitioner like me, that's what I am, who specializes in women's health. You can also look, there's a website called Women's International Pharmacy. That's where bioidentical hormones come Come from for some women that's kind word, of a male order. One long word, bioidentical.
1: <laughs> what bioidentical pharmacy? Right. Okay, that's
0: yeah. easy. Yeah. So there's there are pharmacies that just make compounded hormones or medicines, and those are ones that are outside the typical pharmaceutical company. They make hormones or any kind of medicine treatments. For instance, if you're a kid who doesn't like the typical cherry flavor, they can make your amoxicillin and grape uh, flavor. So they can make, they're talented and trained in doing the formulation of pills and liquids, trochies, and sometimes even injectables, vaginal treatments. So that's what bio that's what a compounding pharmacist but does. They, do make, have have, they actually make the Do pills. I have to have a
1: prescription for those though? I can't just call I can't just yes. you know get on the website and order me up some hormones.
0: Exactly. You do need to get a prescription for those and that generally takes that can be accomplished with an MD, a DO, a PA, uh, a nurse practitioner. Um, so those are those are what you'd be looking for, for a prescription for bioidentical hormones. Their website, Women's International Pharmacy, well, has a listing of some providers too that they know provide bioidentical hormone therapy. Wow. So that's one option. Okay,
1: you could go to our website, The Perimeno Podcast, theperimenopodcast.com, <laughs> and get links to these websites. The website that we're talking about here—that's perfect. So To wrap this up, let me see if I heard you. So perimenopause, menopause, okay. totally normal, natural process leading to menopause, totally different for every single woman and no true or alike, but irregular or missed mm-hmm. periods, often the first sign that you might be changing hormonally, right? Mm-hmm. You could also, and it's highly possible that you're going to be experiencing periods that are heavier and closer together. Sometimes as much as, oh joy, every two weeks. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so this can be burdensome, draining impact the quality of your life but you don't have to stop there right mm-hmm. see your healthcare provider there's a lot of things that they can do from blood work thyroid ultrasound but potentially biopsies yeah. lot of things that can happen you don't have to suffer with this. then on the other side there are a ton of treatment options for you and so what you really need to do mm-hmm. is chat with your medical provider to find out what's gonna work for you. If your medical provider is not responsive to you, they don't know what the hell they're talking about or what you're talking about, find somebody else. There are people who specialize in women's health who can walk you through this incredibly precious time and (laughs) and really give you the support you need. Sound right? Did I miss anything?
0: Excellent. That is such a good summation of what I was saying. I appreciate that. Yes, definitely, there are options for treatment uh, and there's there are, there's a whole bunch of evaluation that should happen for women who are having heavy periods. And I guess the bottom line to remember is that most everyone, even if you're having heavy periods, will get to the point where they stop having periods. Oh, so uh, depending? Yes, exactly. So if your periods aren't quite that heavy, but maybe they're a little sporadic, uh, you don't have to go through the whole evaluation. Just realize maybe this is perimenopause. If you're not going through more than a pad an hour and having other symptoms, realize it's probably a hint from your body that you're going through perimenopause. And eventually you will have that cessation of periods. Those, those periods will stop completely. And then you can get on with, with uh, life as you know it. They can do We can do some lab tests if you want to confirm that you're fully in menopause and that you can't get pregnant. Um, at the at the doctor's office too very good so eventually those damn periods will stop becca
1: (laughs) those that's i just listened to 45 minutes of this just so i could hear those magic words (laughs) if what you've heard of today has been interesting to you and you want to hear more uh here's a preview into our next episode In keeping with our most commonly complained about menopause topics, according to Dr. Suzanne, the next time we're going to talk about your absolute and complete inability to sleep. Oh my God. It's like Mm -hmm. I've never slept before. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Join us in the middle of the night just after you change your clothes and sheets for the second time as we continue (laughs) the the Paragonic Podcast.
0: If you would like to visit our website where reference materials and links to other podcasts are held, please visit us at www.theperrimennapodcast.com. If you have questions, comments, thoughts for another episode, please feel free to send us an email at the Podcast at gmail.com. Find more episodes wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please do us a favor. If this information has been helpful for you, please like us, write a review if you're so inclined, and most importantly, share this podcast with another sister so she can be informed too.